1: Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 79 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast. The podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be, often while the shows are actually happening, as in this case, as you can hear, to meet the people that make that theater happen. It's great to have you all here, and if this is your first visit to our podcast, welcome. Uh, you can find all episodes uh, of the previous podcasts on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other Find podcast streaming services. So go back and fill your boots. And if you have a spare 30 seconds, rate and review the podcast to help us be more discoverable to listeners who haven't heard about us. And now for this week's podcast Meatloaf is coming back. And no, I'm not talking about some anti-vegan movement. I'm talking about the return of Bat Out of Hell to the London stage after a brief hiatus across the pond in Toronto over the winter where it went down like the proverbial beast from the east. Now, when we saw the show last year, it was a smash running at the Eno's London Coliseum. It rocked out to packed audiences and brought Meatloaf and Jim Steinman's music to new and uh, old audiences alike. Uh, I was simply blown away. In fact, we all were here at Curtain Call. We were blown away by the music performed by an, uh, what can only be described as an exuberantly energetic company on a completely wild set designed by John Bowser. And I hope I pronounced that right. I mean, he was criminally not nominated for an Olivia Award this year, but hey-ho. Anyway, there were so many people in this cast, and, um... And on the eve of its return, now it's coming up on the 2nd of April, I wanted to give you guys the experience that we had backstage. It was one of our favorites. It was insane. Uh, And no better an example to be in one of the boys' dressing rooms, uh, and that dressing room of Giovanni Spano, uh, Patrick Sullivan, and Dom Hartley-Harris during a quick break while Paradise, by the dashboard light, is blaring out of the tannoy. And although they're taking a break, and I put that in air quotes, guys. They are busy keeping themselves warm because it is, like I said, an energetic show. And now throughout this little chat, you can hear mid-show vocal cord steaming, uh, working out, guys working out. They're having a light snack, a drink. You know, that is, that's what it takes uh, and what it took and will take them to get through this huge, huge sing of a show. Curtain Call's Theo Bozenkat took the reins of this chat as I had to rush out. Mid talk and mid song to speak to other company members, and just so you know, this is an edited version of the chat. Uh, the full audio can be heard over on curtaincallonline.com. So, if you want to hear more of the Bat Boys, as I have termed them, and it's probably not me that's termed them that, I'm sure the Bat Boys are the Bat Boys, head on over there and get the full backstage experience. Have a listen. <laughs>
2: to get a glimpse of yeah. life on this show and backstage, yeah. and um, what it's what it's like to do it night after night. Yeah. Tell us about the beginnings of it, really, because um, through rehearsal, obviously,
3: it's 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 a brand new show, so I'm guessing there was quite a lot of. Um how, how long was the process? I believe the process was about two and a half months, wasn't it? Yeah. Really? To get the yeah, to get yeah, the show weeks. prepared. Yeah. yeah right. made, made a bit more. In. We had a long time. We had this old um, uh, army yeah. army centre. Yeah that we took over wow yeah it was amazing it had to be that
0: big because obviously you can of see course, the set yeah. it's really gargantuan. Jay calls it um, Clapham County Jail <laughs> that's what he calls it that's where that's we rehearsed that's what it was Eff- yeah. affectionately um, and we had the whole set but a really basic version like kind of just with scaffolding built in this huge army barracks hall yeah. and it was lit for me I walked into that room and I was I've, a, I, I was my first show my first paid gig so I walked into that room and I was like it's like, this is major.
4: What have I done?
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. Talk about baptism
2: of fire. Um, uh, <laughs> Big time. Big time. Yeah, and then obviously you open in Manchester um, to what sounds like a very lively audience. Who?
3: they were a lively bunch. There was a lot of yeah. uh, there was a lot of meat fans, and then yeah. they, they became meat slash bat fans and then there was bat fans that are now bat slash meat fans um, so, yeah, yeah. so yeah it's um, a bit of a crossover yeah, yeah it's a bit of a crossover and now it's just it's gone from strength to strength with the with the uh, bat clan and the lost and we've got all these different groups <laughs> and different forums of people really? which is yeah it's phenomenal absolutely wow. phenomenal it really is they're a great bunch
2: um, the I, I saw it on uh, I think it it was it wasn't press night but it was around that time so it's towards the beginning of the run and yeah um I didn't quite know what to expect coming in. I've always enjoyed midlife you know, songs. I've, I had a feeling I was going to have a really good time. Yeah. And then I just there's something about it being in this venue as well. You yeah, look around at the costume like...
3: I I feel like we were destined to be here. Uh, yeah. The venue is perfect for it. I think it's a great juxtaposition from the, the classic kind of ornate, you know, uh, surroundings that you see on every kind of door in the ceilings, etc. and the stage. And then all of a sudden you see um, 2100 appear on stage and it's just I think it just works so perfectly yeah. works so perfectly it's a great mix because it
2: is operatic as well isn't it yeah the, the yeah, it music is. the scale of the show yeah, it's, it's yeah. and his writing as well James yeah. Simon's writing is yeah it's great Really, really good. And to see and to see the Colosseum audience on their feet, yeah, singing along to Ballot of Hell," at the hour, I was like this is just one of the well, most. The, I had to take a photo. I never take photos in the theatre, <laughs> but that night I turned around. And I got a photo of the audience on their feet at the end. So I was just like, "This is such an amazing moment." Euphoric. for this venue it is euphoric. It's joyous. It's at a time when a lot of look, <laughs> you know, it's a difficult time currently. And mm. Um, mm. the show is just such an injection of joy and mm. energy and life and. Um, all of that and that is obviously hugely down to you guys clearly your your enjoyment is
3: is oozing off that that stage that, that kind of the energy that they give us hopefully well the energy we give them hopefully they give back and they do they give it back to us tenfold and it just pushes us on, it's a catalyst to make us just want to go more and be more driven yeah. and take the show to the next level every single day, you know, we're on a Wednesday night and you're getting cheers like that and it's only the third number in, mm-hmm. yeah. which is amazing. You don't really get that in too yeah. many shows and um, mm-hmm. we're very lucky that we have great material to work with as well. Um, and a true blessing to have been been part of it from the beginning and sort of mould this show to what it is today. Yeah. It's it's a very physical show. And lemon, yeah. I was, I was going
2: to ask about that. How how on earth do you keep yourselves and <laughs> your voices? Yeah, how do you keep yourselves fit fire. and your voices Sorry. and your voices kind of well functioning? Because um, it must it's
0: a hell of a sing. It's kind yeah. of. Yeah.
3: Uh, it's it's
0: it's the old chestnut, warming up, warming down, warming down. Especially yeah, yeah I, I I go home all in like on, on the tube. I'm sat there on the tube like. Uh, and everyone's like, who the fuck is this? But you got you gotta you just you just gotta. It's um it's so important and I've found that that's literally what's carried me vocally. I don't have to do big screens and like these boys, like they get quite big, big numbers. My numbers quite a character quite quite condensed and um quite personal. Yeah. Um so I don't have like big screen numbers like mm-hmm. these boys have, like two out of three dead ringer yeah. objects in the rear view mirror. They're yeah. like they're like the best way I can describe them is like driving songs you know I mean it's like it's huge
1: it's yeah, I mean the, it, yeah. the sound the sound in the auditorium it was just so nice to go to music and, go, and be blown away by the sound like yeah. a, the wall of sound I mean but you guys are lending your voice to the instruments and actually going over the instruments and kind of that yeah, obviously the rearview mirror is a huge thing and it's a really and you go it's not going to get higher it's not going to get high, and it gets higher and it gets yeah, louder yeah. it gets more belty it's, <clears throat> you know
3: and they just leave it the, you've, got, you've got those like sections where it's just the top A or the yeah. B flats or whatever and it just goes and it keeps going and it keeps yeah. going but it's a, power, it's a power ballad isn't it yeah. and also it's super empowering as well yeah. so I feel like yeah you have to condition your voice and you have to be like that but once you're in and you're emotionally in I feel like that gives you an extra three, four notes at yeah. the top because you're so in I'm so invested in what he's saying right at the beginning of the song um, when Jaguar starts it um, we, we, you know, he says his journey his little soliloquy and then, you know, obviously Blake says here's Patrick O'Sullivan um, and then, obviously I get to do my bit at the end we're all just so in, so invested and it just whether, whether it didn't even come out properly or not I think that you buy it and you and, uh, you know, it's um, yeah, touch of it,
4: it's been alright yeah, so far. Your adrenaline is just going yeah. so much, you know, like it's hard, kind of not to just be there, be in the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It,
2: it must be like getting onto to some kind of um, I mean, roller coaster is a cliche, but just getting on at the beginning of this kind of ride. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. kind of getting off at the other end just, yeah. you know. it's one of those roller coasters oh, that
4: starts at 90 miles an hour <laughs> you know it doesn't take you up the hill it doesn't slow. Stop. no yeah. right out of the gates you know we just come in with all revved up and that's just such a beast I mean this is only my third show and I'm still dying I don't know how how these guys still do it but like you can still see people backstage like trying to catch their breath after that number it just is I don't know if it'll ever let up but uh, you know it's, it's, it's a lot of fun though. what's your favourite moment in the show? oh um, Right now, I'm having a lot of time doing two out of three. is is a lot of fun, and uh, Dead Ringers, a lot of fun as well. um, There's like that '50s quality to it, you know, that I that I really love. That yeah. uh, especially after uh, kind of all like the ballads in Act Two, I feel yeah, like it's yeah. come to let fun to come right out of the out of the gates with that and just it's be like, all right, let's like wake up a little bit. It's positioned yeah. in the perfect place, isn't yeah. It? Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, it's
4: fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's hard actually. I love the death scene too, man, like that's so great and it's Weird, but it's I need to like be able to see you back here after that scene immediately, or else I'm like still in that headspace. Like you walked in the dressing room yesterday after the scene, and I was like, "All right, he's not dead. He's actually alive. All right, cool. We're okay. We're okay." Like it's, um,
0: yeah. it, clear. it takes it takes it takes it out of you. It takes it out of you definitely. I think yeah. that. And there's and there's some really cool themes throughout the show, and we don't focus on them too heavily. As well, you know, we, we could have really gone to town on. Falco towers and stuff, and you know what that kind of represents and stuff. But it's 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 more that like it takes a backdrop to the kind of the social problems between these people, like th- things like you know Falco will do anything, anything to protect his daughter, yeah. even to the point of putting her in you know detriment. Yeah. And then it's the same with Tink; he will do anything for for Strat, even and he becomes blinded by that passion and love, and yeah. and, that, and that's kind of what all the characters and in the New York Times there's a chap who wrote about it in the New York Times um, he said that Ben it's a, it's a, it's a really Ben Bradley it's a Bradley or Bradley? I Bradley it's a really cool exploration of the meaning of the word, word love and that's kind of what he said at the end of the, the article and that's I think that's bang on every single one of these characters is experiencing a different type of love yeah you know there's the love between a father and a daughter there's the love between two friends that could be more there's the love between you know an old flame and you know like kind of like sexual partners they've been sleeping together for a long time and that's dwindling out there's teenage love and it's, 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 it's a, as a show I love that that it's like I said like an expression of love and back to the title song I think of the show which is anything other anything for love and stuff I think it's quite interesting that's
2: a really really lovely way of putting it actually and that's something that definitely came across to me that I
0: was like this is,
3: I'm, I'm,
2: this is really emotional <laughs> like, it's, a, it's just got everything and and As I said, I didn't know what to expect coming in, Um, and yes, I had a great night. But also, got taken on a genuine journey in a way that it doesn't feel like what you might call a jukebox musical or something where you've like shoehorned songs into a story. It feels like the 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 songs are very much the service of the story. They are, as opposed to the other way around.
4: uh, They did a a Q and A a while back, and the video of it is online. Uh, with the producers and the writers and someone said something about them writing a jukebox musical and I remember one of them being like well it's not exactly a jukebox musical because jukebox musicals usually take songs from places and try to piece them together to make a show Jim wrote this musical originally back in the day with these songs in mind for these characters this was a show that he wrote so this story existed you know um, already so I think that's why it flows so well because each song has a specific purpose. It's not just like, eh, we can maybe put this upbeat number in here and this ballad here. They all serve a purpose for specific characters that he had in mind while he was writing it originally. You
1: know? The Bat Boys, or some of the Bat Boys, in their dressing room mid-show, mid-bat out of hell, doing all sorts and getting up to all sorts and having a blast. If you are a theater professional, head on over to CurtainCallOnline.com, sign up for a free profile page. All you have to do is create an account with an email address, Make up a cool password. Away you go. You can follow us on all the socials. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CurtainCall. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast, just get in touch with me via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned or write to me personally at john at CurtainCallOnline.com. Now, I have to end with a huge, massive thank you to Giovanni Spano Patrick Sullivan, and Dom Hartley-Harris, and all of the bad boys, and the entire company of Bad Out of Hell, the musical, which you can watch at London's Dominion Theatre. It opens on the 2nd of April, runs through July 28th, so uh, go watch this show. You will see nothing like it in the West End. You will definitely hear nothing like it in the West End. And be sure to catch the full chat on our website at CurtainCallOnline.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Curtain Call Theatre Podcast, and I will catch you all next week. Bye!